Chris Galzo here with... Matt Howe. This week on the first round, we're going to discuss the latest from writer-director Alex Garland, Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman, along with the latest Jason Bateman comedy, Game Night, Matt. And of course, it's going to be our big Oscars preview. We're going to tell you not only who's going to win, but you know what? Who should win? And Matt, do you think I'm going to keep the streak alive? I have a legendary run when it comes to choosing them, their Oscar picks. Uh, I've usually done exceptionally well, and we'll see if 2018 is no different. Before we start everything off, here's a clip from Annihilation. We have to go back. We have to go back now. She's right. I, I really don't know how much more right she has to be. Okay, and I agree with you. We should go back. Good. Okay, great. There we go. Okay, so the three of us can just Hold pack on a up minute. Our... Hold on. We should go back, yes, but it took us, what, six days to get here? And the coast is two days away. You're saying that we get out by going deeper in? Yeah, if you like, yeah. Like? No, I don't like. This isn't some tactic to get us to the lighthouse, is it? I believe that the coast is the best route out. Okay? All right, man. So Natalie Portman plays Lena. She's a professor of cellular biology, and she's married to a uh, a uh, gentleman in the military. In fact, that's where they met in the military, which is, I think, kind of nice. So he's been missing, Matt, for about a year. He's assumed, killed in action, and then one day he shows up. And Natalie's trying to figure out what's going on, where you been, how'd you get home, what's going on, dog? And then he starts having some kind of issues. He falls ill. They call the they call an ambulance, and as they're way to the hospital, uh, the man shows up. The feds show, and they take him and her. She gets brought to Maine. It's Maine, right? I don't even remember now at this point. Mm, I don't know. I think it was. Uh, I don't know. It looked like the southern United States to me. It looked like Gulf Coast. I think that's insane. So anyway, they get put, get to, they get brought to, brought to a place, and there's this thing, Matt. Uh, this shimmer, if you will. And it's some kind of barrier that people have been going into and not coming back from, except for Natalie's husband. And now she leads a team of some people, some young women, and they go in to find out what's going on and all the crazy stuff that happens from there. Matt, you and I are big fans of the sci-fi genre, especially when it gets a little heady. It Uh, is. I think we um, both enjoyed the Blade Runner 2049. Amongst mm-hmm. other things in the past. So how do you feel about Annihilation? Does Alex Garland have another hit in his hands? Let's remember now. He has um, not only given us Ex Machina, which we both really enjoyed, but yes. he also wrote 28 Days Later, Sunshine, Never Let Me Go, Dread, and now he's directed Ex Machina Annihilation. Mm-hmm. So is this another great is this another great film by Garland? Is this some smart sci-fi or is this just an unmitigated mess? Um, okay. It is, it is a very good film. Um, and this is uh, sci-fi that I think we appreciate, the kind of cerebral uh, sci-fi not based off of, you know, a an existing property a la something like your Arrivals or your Ex Machina. Do I think it reaches the heights of Ex Machina? No. It's based um, on a book though, right? So It is. It is based on a book by uh, Jeff Vandermeer, who's a pretty famous uh, author of speculative fiction and just kind of genre fiction in general. He's got some really weird books. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's very. I think it's good. I don't know if it's great though. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Matt, I got to tell you, when I I felt I now have the first film to go on the board. Really? So if you look at our Instagram account, you can see I tracked all the really great films that I saw for 2017, and I think I have my first one for 2018. I absolutely loved Annihilation. I thought not only was it thought-provoking, Matt, but it was absolutely terrifying. I love Garland's ambiguity, right? Uh, it's The film doesn't really... Every question it poses, it kind of gives you an answer, but even then after that, um, the answers maybe aren't quite as clear. So nothing is truly straightforward in this film. And the more I thought about it, the more I started wondering, Matt, is I'm wondering how much of this is even true, relatively speaking. Uh, <laughs> so the one that the framing device of the film is that Natalie Portman um, is being interviewed by some people. And the right. film cuts back and forth through time, right? And it shows what she's relaying a story of what happened to everybody. And I guess that's a bit of a spoiler, right? But it's, you know what? It's like in the first like 15 minutes of the film that we get this. So. Sure. So I'm wondering, though, how reliable a narrator she is. Mm. I'm wondering if maybe uh, um, nothing happens as the way she decides to tell it. From what I understand, the original ending of the film is a little bit different. There is no, there is a little more um, ambiguity as to who shows up at the end. Okay. And also, I guess the original ending of the film was much more uh, uh, alien invasion-y. Okay. The film ends with a uh, with a bunch of new um, meteorites crashing into the into the Earth, and I guess they okay. that too. I thought that was a little too on the nose. Okay. But I felt this was kind of a spiritual cousin to Under the Skin, the Scarlett Johansson film, at least aesthetically, right? Yeah. Um, you have the alien maybe sort of thing. The music I felt was kind of similar. Uh, the way even it's shot is kind of dark and gothic at times. I thought, kind of felt. You know, I, I just feel maybe it'd be a good double feature to right. uh, watch this with Under the Skin. Uh, if you're not familiar, a fantastic little sci-fi film with Scarlett Johansson where she plays an alien that comes to mate with people and then what? Just kind of. Take yeah, their they're, uh, and... yeah, they're, she's eating them. They're, she's eating them is basically what she's doing. Yeah, so it's weird and creepy and I think uh, very ambiguous and thought-provoking and maybe confusing as well. But I think mm. Garland does a good job. I really felt there's kind of like a Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse now meets Cronenberg because we got your Colonel Kurtz going crazy people, right? That's, I think, is uh, uh, that's uh, Gina Rodriguez. And then, um, I don't know, Matt. I just, the more I, the long the... I saw this uh, uh, Tuesday night, and it just it just been sticking with me, and I have, haven't gotten out of my head. There's some really fascinating visuals in this thing, really mm. interesting ideas, really some gorgeous Cronenberg bodily horror, if you're into that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was fantastic from start to finish. So clearly you didn't, though. What were some of your issues? No, no, what no. did you like? Um, no, I didn't think it was... Honestly, I... I may have undersold this. I mean, I agree with you. It's the best film I've seen so far of 2018. Um, I did really enjoy it. I just didn't think it was up to par on the same level as Ex Machina was. I don't know if it's destined to be come as much of a classic. I mean, we've even talked a lot about Arrival last year, and yep. I think we both really enjoyed Arrival. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how many how much staying power Arrival has, and it seems like it's already lost a little bit of steam. And um, I'm thinking the same thing is going to happen with this. But I think it's a great movie. I think it's a really, really good film. But um, to your point, I guess 
in my in my opinion, um, this also has a lot to do. It seems like it has a lot of parallels with invasions of the body snatchers kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm thinking the way I interpreted it was that the story is true up to a point um, in the sense that, um, um, you know, they go, they go, I don't know. Again, spoiler alert, guys. They do go and they see what she says happened at the end of the story actually happened, or at least a version of it actually happened because they can see the evidence of it having happened, right? Um, So we know that that happened to some extent. Um, What I think, it was either one of two things. Either she was replaced at the end and something else came out of there with her memories and just told them the story up to the point where it was true. Um, Or... You know, the fact that she had already identified that she herself had been infected and was being, you know, influenced by the prism or the shimmer, um, that it was basically, it had changed her enough or it altered her enough where it didn't really need a duplicate in the same way that it did for her husband. Yeah, that's the impression that I got too, is that that, that is what happened. But right. I don't know. But also too, I want to, I don't want to lose track of the horror of this thing. There are some mm-hmm. truly terrifying moments in this thing. This, this, the bear oh yeah that was creepy was i just if you're a fan of just those kind of classic horror thrills and monsters and i would really rank that bear up there it reminded me a little bit of the thing um not obviously not the same kind of monster but still so what's happening is all the creatures and plant life and everything is is mutating it's changing Mm -hmm. right so it's well let's not get too deep into it but (laughs) This bear that is stalking them, I it was just absolutely terrifying. It really mm-hmm. was on the edge of my seat with every time they, they would have an encounter with this thing. Yeah. And also, too, I want to stress for people, in regards to violence and gore, um, this thing is, it's it's intense. Mm-hmm. All right. So just keep that in mind. I think this has got to be rated R because of violence and profanity. It has to be. I can't find it anywhere, but. No, it is. That's good. It's, it is. It's, there we go. Yeah, our violence, bloody images, language, and some sexuality. I guess so. You know what? It's still. It's a hard R for me when it comes to the gore. So just prepare yourself for that. But it's not like a gratuitous gore. It's almost like a matter of fact gore, which is even makes it even more disturbing. I think, yeah, it's level. it's the Gaspar No school where everything yeah. is very uh, realistic. Yeah, which is what I think makes it so disturbing and unsettling. Still, um, what else I wanted to mention to you? Natalie Portman, I think she does she's just fantastic work in this thing. I think why the one of the reasons why the film is so interesting is that we're also on this emotional journey with her uh, in regards to her trying to find her husband or at least find a cure for what's wrong with him potentially. And then we get little reveals about her and maybe she's not as perfect as we all maybe thought she was as things progress right. or right. I mean, there's just a lot of just she has a lot of nice little emotional moments as well, which helps propel the film not with the science fiction and, and horror elements to it. Just really, I think uh, a fantastic job of tonal balance by Garland on this thing. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about tone in the next film, Game Night as well. But I'm telling you, man, I just, man, I'm, I'm coming down with an A on this thing. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I'm not far off. I'm going to give it an A minus. Um, you know, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's quite as, as solid as, as Alex Garland's other work. And I think that's really where I was coming from, but it is, a, it is a fantastic sci-fi film. And, and just because it's so good and it's original, this thing is going to do nothing and it's going to languish and disappear out of theaters very quickly. 
Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because this <laughs> thing is well, now a couple things. I know there it seems to be a split audience wise. Some people really like it, and other people can't stand it. I'm assuming because it's mm -hmm. a little it's a little ambigu ambiguous and a little right. tough to wrap your head around at times. Um, but this thing is not performing very well at all, which is a damn no. shame. Because uh, first off, you want to see this in the theater, all right? You want the biggest, loudest sound system possible to check this in. I was disappointed. I was really hoping to get some screenings in the Dolby Theater where I am, but of course yeah. it's all, it's all Black Panther all the time, which right. is fine. Now, and now, and now we're now we're irritated at Black Panther a little bit. We're a little bit irritated at you, Black Panther. You had your couple weekends. Let's give it to Natalie Portman, and you come back around, okay? Just yeah, just More for the more. experience uh, to have seen <laughs> this in in that in that kind of uh, just the HDR projection, right? And the and the incredible sound. But still, I saw it in a great theater, and but it demands to be seen in the theater, I think. Yeah. And this stuff needs to be supported. I know we talk about this a lot, but I'm telling you, man, you want to be able to be able to see this kind of stuff in the theater. Sunshine, the, another film he wrote, Danny Boyle directed, almost nobody saw. Fantastic yeah. science fiction film. Yeah. And probably the best performance by our boy Chris Evans he's ever churned out. If you haven't right. seen Sunshine, uh, well worth your time. Another one, too, Never Let Me Go with uh, Andrew Garfield and Carey Mulligan. Uh, fantastic film. Um, Matt, have you ever seen Never Let Me Go? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tearjerker. It's a heartbreaker of a, of a sci-fi film. That's a rough one. Yeah, I really love that one, though, too. Yeah. So, again, please, people, go out and support. Don't see Black Panther for the third time. Just commit to Coogler and, 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 and uh, uh, Bozeman that you're going to buy it on Blu-ray. That's in 4K. That's fine. I'll do that. I commit today to buy Black Panther on 4K. Now, let's everybody go see Annihilation, please, and give this film the viewing it deserves. I know. And I think that's part of what depressed me about it, because I just knew that this is going to be Blade Runner 2049 all over again. It's a it's a smart, you know, ambiguous uh, sci-fi film that somebody put a lot of thought and craft into. It makes you kind of work as an audience. It's gorgeous to watch. The acting is fantastic. And nobody's gonna go see this thing. I mean, Arrival was a bit of a novelty, but it wasn't even—it wasn't like a huge hit. It wasn't a massive hit, but it was decent hit. Um, I don't know. I just get frustrated with this stuff. It's like you know, I, and I get nervous that we're not gonna get these type of films anymore because nobody goes and sees them. Well, Paramount chickened out on the international distribution. Did you hear about that? They ended up dumping it off no. to Netflix. Oh, really? So if, if you live in another country outside of the states, you're not gonna be able to see this in the theater, which is a real shame. I'm telling you, man, I just, it's really disappointing when I read that. So, mm. all right, that's Annihilation. Shoot us an email if you've had a chance to check it out. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Feedback at thefirstrun.com. All right. So, Matt, let's come up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday. It's going to be March 6th. Well, I think the big, big release. Let's put, oh, actually, let me preface that. that there's a lot of big films coming out on Blu-ray this week. But one of the big ones for me is going to be, and for you, is Thor, Ragnarok. Includes yeah. a digital book from Target, a steel book from Best Buy. Includes some direct, a director's introduction, deleted and extended scenes, gag reel. Here's what I thought you might be interested in. Eight-bit scenes. Final bridge battle and the Sakaar spaceship battle. Dive into the climactic sequences presented in the, the retro video game format. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Director's commentary and then some other additional deleted scenes that are digital exclusives. Another big film this last year was Lady Bird being released. Includes audio commentary by Greta Gerwig and then a Realizing Lady Bird featurette. Matt, something I'm really excited about is uh, The Dark Crystal getting released Ooh. on Blu-ray and 4K. 
Includes a brand new 4K restoration of the film from the original camera negative. An all new featurette, the myth, magic, and Henson legacy. Go behind the scenes of the iconic film with stories from Lisa Henson and Toby Froud. Deleted scenes, commentary with Brian Froud, and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So I haven't seen Dark Crystal Matt in a very long time. Uh, part of me is nervous it doesn't hold up as much. I remember it freaked me out and scared me as a kid. It's actually getting a limited theatrical re-release as well. Fathom Events is doing like a two-night thing where you can go see it in the theater. Yeah, it, it it's interesting. I uh, my, So there was a time, you know, it's people with kids are, will know that kids get really into movies. And there was, for some reason, my daughter latched on to the Dark Crystal for like a good three months. And we just watched it all the time. Um and I think it's got some parts of it that haven't aged particularly well. And some of it's kind of annoying with some of the voices and stuff, but you know what? Um, it's still, it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Interesting. Good pick then. All right. And then what else we got coming out? Scream factors, giving us the strangers just in time for the sequel that's coming out. I think in a couple weeks, Includes a new 2K remaster of both the theatrical and unrated versions of the film and a bunch of new featurettes on the making of. And then finally, Matt, you're straight to DVD pick of the week. I'm going with Scorched Earth. There's something about Gina Carano that I enjoy. I don't know if it's because her limited <laughs> yeah, acting I ability. What it is. Yeah, but <laughs> she still has a presence on the screen that I enjoy. I sure. think that's mostly because of Soderbergh making that action film with her a few years ago. Haywire, Haywire, that yeah. was it. So uh, I enjoyed that one. So she's got a new film out called Scorched Earth. She's bringing men to justice. It's her only reward. The film is set in the future, Matt, after the planet has suffered an environmental collapse. The air became dangerous to breathe, the water became toxic, and billions of people died. Generations later, mankind has finally reestablished a rudimentary society in which bounty hunters roam the wasteland in search of wanted eco-criminals. Bounty hunter Attica Gage is faced with the bounty of a lifetime, bringing down the ruthless outlaw Thomas Jackson. Gage infiltrates Jackson's gang, and everything is going according to plan, until she meets a slave girl who reminds her of her dead sister. With her loyalty to only herself now tested, Gage learns that there may be more to life than just survival. That's Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth. What should we be streaming this week? All right, so one of our uh, favorite films of uh, 2017, um, first-run favorite, is now available on Amazon Prime. I'm talking about Logan Lucky. Um, speaking of Steven Soderbergh, his return to film uh, stars uh, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Daniel Craig um, as a group of uh, of kind of bumbling Southern thieves who decide that they're going to rob a racetrack on the uh, day of a big race. Uh, I think it's Charlotte Motor Speedway. Is that correct? I believe. I'm um, sure. Yeah. I don't remember. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's. You know, it's kind of got that whole kind of uh, humor, got the heist aspects that everybody loves. The, the you know, the performances by Driver and Tatum and, and especially Daniel Craig are a lot of fun to watch. So definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it. Logan Lucky, good little small phone from last year. Yeah, definitely. We both really enjoyed that one. A nice little, what you say, like a minor comeback for Soderbergh. He's got the new sure. film coming out, Unsane, which he shot on an iPhone, which I am a little nervous about, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but uh, a little bit. we'll see. There's one thing I wanted to bring up too, Matt, before we move on. Your boy, Joss Whedon, has left the okay. Batgirl project. The reason being, oh. he just couldn't come up with a story. He was having trouble finding a story. Matt, okay. I think that is complete and utter BS. What do you think? So it's BS in the sense that it's 
how can you not come up with a, a story for Batgirl? Because there's plenty of material to go for, or that he's just making up an excuse and he just doesn't want to deal with the WB and and their bumbling. Um, uh, combination of both. He <laughs> is off the project because of the stuff that's come out about him and the whole Me Too movement. Sure. Um, and it's more of a film that may be better suited to have a female director with a with a female star. I think maybe is the better place to go at this point. The time I got to tell you. The time is ripe for a Batgirl film, especially if it's done right. And given the stuff that he's tangentially, I guess, dealing with, I think they more just said, why don't you bow out gracefully? And uh, we'll see what happens. And so he says, yeah, you know what? I, I can't come up with a story. Because I don't believe that for a heartbeat. No. You don't think so? Yeah. I think, I mean, you're right. I mean, I think if Joss Whedon, comic book nerd, especially with the kind of renaissance of after they've, I don't even know where they are in, in DC Comics. They've kind of reboot everything every few years anyway. But, you know, New 52 Batgirl, you know, um, was a big hit. So, I don't know. I think they had plenty of stuff to go with. But if that's what he wants to say, that's what he wants to say. I am I'm, I will give the man his, his due to bow out and disappear into the shadows for a little while to deal with whatever he's got to deal with. Fair enough. I read, too, that Marvel's doing another reboot. It's a soft reboot, I guess. But they're rebooting again. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be as I mean to get off on a little comic book nerd tangent here. I'm getting really irritated at both the companies because they seem to just reset everything after a, every couple of years. Um, you know, uh, there was what the last one was for Marvel was what was it? It wasn't was it Secret Wars. It wasn't. It was something. It was Secret Invasion. Some shit like that. I don't know. Um, but it was, you know, I think now I think they're bringing back the Infinity Stones again. And they're going to redo everything. Oh, well, they have to because the movie's coming out, right? I assume right. so. I yeah. actually bought some comics recently. Uh, I bought the Doomsday Clock. I haven't re- I've got three issues so far. I haven't read a one. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's DC's uh, working to integrate the Alan Moore Watchmen universe into sure. DC right. proper. So right, right, right. We'll see what gets. <laughs> Jeff Johns, though, wrote it. And Gary Frank is doing the art. I like both their work. So we'll see. All right. But three issues in and I haven't cracked open one yet. So. Well, I'm glad you're really on top of these things because, as we all know, reading a single issue of a comic is a big commitment. It's, it's not like it can't be done in 10 minutes. <laughs> it takes me a lot of time. i got to sound that every word. All right, man. Let's go ahead and move on. Why don't we uh, talk a little bit about game night? Uh, but first, here's a clip. Hey, Harry. Goodness. To what do Bastion and I owe the pleasure? Well, we were all just talking, and, and we realized we haven't had a game night in ages, just the seven of us. So, I thought you were going to your brother's house. I never said that. Well, come on, Gear Bear, live a little, it's the weekend. <laughs> we were just saying how you were always better at games than Debbie was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you not to besmirch my ex-wife. That woman is an angel. Oh, yeah, she was much better at games than you. I will admit I have eagerly awaited a visit such as this. Where'd he go? Do we follow him? It seems like it. Ryan, you go first. I'm scared. All right, Matt, so that's a clip from Game Night. You have Jason Bateman, who's basically... He's like the friendly guy, comedy MVP guy, right? I really can't think right. of anybody else who fits this role. He's kind of like if Tom Hanks had just stuck doing Splash, mm-hmm. right, for the rest of his life. That's where what Bateman's doing. Though I guess he did that show, what Ozarks? Is that which one is that? One where he gets the drug stuff? Yeah, 
Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yes. I haven't either, so I guess it's supposed to be a little darker. But Bateman and then Rachel McAdams play a couple who just have a game night. But uh, Bateman's dealing with issues where he's got some jealousy of his brother, Brooks, who's played by Kyle Chandler, who seems to have it all. You know, kind of like the the interplay between me and Matt, where uh, he's constantly (laughs) kind of feeling that he'd rather be me, which is difficult. I know it's a lot to live with. But uh, then, of course, what happens is, so they set up a, a real game night, right, where they're going to fake a kidnapping, and then, the, and then the game is to figure out who gets kidnapped and how to find and then find them, and whoever wins, b- wins a uh, Stingray, which was Bateman's dream car. But, Matt, it goes horribly wrong because somebody actually does kidnap Kyle Chandler, Brooks, his brother. Mm-hmm. And then they have to save him, and then hilarity ensues. I want to just say, make one statement, and I hope to get your backup on this. I'm yeah. just gonna say, Jesse Plemons is a national treasure. Uh, yes, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Jesse Plemons is the MVP of this film. He is so delightfully creepy in a hilarious, cringy way. It is amazing watching him on screen. Yeah, I just he every time he would show up, I was I'd get all excited. I mean, if you're not familiar <laughs> with Jesse Plemons, he was fantastic in the last couple seasons of Breaking Bad. He played mm-hmm. the um, guy who ran. He was part of the, uh, what, what do you call him? The, the white guy. supremacist. Sorry? Yeah, he was the white supremacist, the, like the young white supremacist who started learning about making the meth and using the whole bug exterminator tent thing. Right. He's, just, he's able to just kind of give this dead-eyed look at you that is just terrifying and endearing all at the same time. I can't mm-hmm. quite wrap my head around it. Anyway, so he plays the cop that ends up potentially saving the day, but then maybe not. Uh, just a lot of craziness and hilarity ensues, Matt. So we always ask a big question with the comedies. Did it make you laugh, Matt? What did you think? Uh, yeah, it did. Um, this is actually a you know, this is a pretty solid little um, raunchy comedy. Um, you know, it's it's more on the violence spectrum um, <laughs> of the raunch, I mm-hmm. guess. But um, and it does have that kind of you know, that unfortunate failing where the plot device, they have to kind of make it serious for a little while and it starts to drag a little bit there. But for the most part, um, I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought Rachel McAdams was really good. We talked about Jesse Plemons and, and Jason Bateman. And you know what? I'm also a big fan of Lamorne Morris, who is, um, he played Winston on New Girl. Um, and he plays one of the, the, the longtime friends of this. I forget the character's name, but He's really good too. So I mean, I think everybody puts in some good, pretty solid, funny performances. And Kyle Chandler is is delightfully smarmy. Um, you know, is at his smarmiest best, which is also a treat to watch. Yeah, I actually, for me, I think the the MVPs next to Plemons would be Lamar Morris and uh, Kylie Burnbury. Uh, mm. The interplay between the two of them is absolutely fantastic. And I, I just read too that there was a post credit sequence, Matt. I didn't sit for wait for it, and it oh, I didn't wait for that. Either. I didn't. I didn't do it either. So supposedly at the end, um, Debbie, which is uh, uh, Jesse Plemons' estranged spouse, okay. is at a gas station, and she runs into the into Denzel Washington. Oh, really? You know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Is it is it really Denzel, or is it <laughs> is it three series Denzel? <laughs> I think part of the uh, the appeal of Morris too is he does a really good Denzel impression, which yeah. uh, had me cracking up every time. So. Yeah. I know, I agree. It's a particularly really fun cast, but it is a dark comedy. It gets really violent sometimes, yeah, uh, so you got to kind of be ready and prepared for that. And it has some takes some interesting turns that I thought I was going to get tired of, potentially, but I didn't. 
I was, you know, I was a little nervous about that. And then tonally too, this is a tough thing to balance because, like you said, it's 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 dark and it's violent at times. But I think it does a pretty good job of embracing its darkness, particularly with the uh, scene where they have to remove the bullet. I right. think that um, it's that's a scene that could really go south. That yeah. I think that Bateman is evil is in Bateman and McAdams are able to keep light and fun. Um, and and I, I feel like, too, the film takes place in this kind of crazy alternate reality. You know, we think It Follows is an alternate reality. I, th- I feel sure. the same way here because if you really thought about half the things that happened in this film, for some minute, they would completely unravel. For, oh, yeah, it wouldn't make an ounce of yes. sense. Yes. So, um, but still, I don't know. I think I just, I overall, I, I really enjoy it. Kinda, you just got to have to kind of let yourself go with the film and then you'll really enjoy it. One of the things too I thought was great was how they would do the establishment shots. Every time they did an establishment shot, it looked like a game piece or a game board or something to that effect, right? So uh, I thought that was a really cool idea. So there you go. So there you go. <laughs> good segue. Very Thank smooth. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is uh, this is a good contender. I mean, um, you know what? Comedies are really hit and miss. Um, I mean, to be quite honest with you, we seem to find a really good sci-fi film and some indie gems, and there's usually at least one horror film that we really like. But for the past few years, we really haven't found a comedy that has blown us away. And while I don't say that this will blow you away necessarily, mm-hmm. it's actually really solid all the way through and that is actually more than what we've seen probably in a long time so it's it's a lot of fun go check it out if you're looking for a date night movie if your significant other doesn't want to watch your sci-fi or your superhero (laughs) obsessions or your horror stuff and wants to see something funny for a damn change then go see this and you'll have a good time yeah i think that's a good way to describe it too i would give night i gave it a b minus did you i gave it a full b i thought it was pretty good Good for you. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 enjoyable enough. Like I said, it wasn't a laugh out loud from start to finish, but still, I laughed quite a few times, and it was consistent enough for me to recommend it. I would agree as well. Yep. So, if you've had a chance to see Game Night, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We would absolutely adore it to hear adore your it. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Matt, it's, t- it's go time. All right. It's, it's oh, going to be Oscar God. previews. We're going to tell you who's going to win, who should win, and then just kind of take a whole bunch of guesses on a bunch of other stuff. Right. So uh, let's get into all that when we get back. But here first met is a clip that was not nominated for Best Picture, which you told me you were going to watch. So maybe we'll talk about it a little briefly, unless you didn't get a chance to see it. And looking at nope. your face right now, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Here's a clip from The Florida Project. Yeah. I got a videotape of the kids illegally entering the utility room. Don't I talk to you, okay? Hey, Scooty. Do you hear what I just said? I got it. I'm going to talk to her. Captain Skin, you're out of here. It's only second week of the summer and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We were doing an experiment. We were trying to get it back alive. That wasn't my and, idea. And water balloons thrown at tourists? You can't fuck with tourists. They didn't tip us. Are you serious? No. Oh my God, this is unacceptable. I failed as a mother, Moni. You've disgraced me. Harley. Yeah, Mom, you're disgraced. And I'm going to talk to Ashley, by the way. When your friend puts you in charge of her kid... That kid becomes your responsibility. 
You ain't taking responsibility. And you got that one too? She's from Futureland, right? Oh, whatevs. You gotta relax, my man. You gonna redo my expense reports with your whatevs? Your kid killed my night. I wanted to watch the ball game. You gonna pay me for three hours that I gotta work later? Hey, guys, pay the man for his three hours. I don't have any I don't money. Have, I don't have any money. All right, Matt, so that's a clip from The Florida Project, a film you still haven't seen. Yeah, I just live to disappoint you, Chris, and I just really I was like, man, you know, I, I could watch this and make Chris happy, but why? One of the best films of 2017, and you can't be bothered to see it. That's fine. I know, I know. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Whatever. I'm gonna do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. So, all right. So, what we're gonna do focus now is we're gonna run through the big the big categories. All right, folks. That's gonna be the that's the plan here. I'm gonna tell you right now as we're talking, I still haven't chosen a best picture. <laughs> you still haven't. Still haven't done it. I can't. I'm really. I'm torn between what I think the two are going to be and what I want to win. Um, and of course, I think the big one too is a couple of them aren't even nominated, but that's fine. So we're going to talk about leading, supporting roles, direction, and best picture, and then maybe we'll just run down the rest at the end, uh, right. Matt. So I'll start everything off. I'll give you the ultimate best picture call. All right, because okay. I'm just that guy. You we'll start so. off with the uh, ladies' actress in a supporting role. Here are your nominees. Okay. Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. I confess I have not seen Mudbound as of yet. Frances McDormand in Three Billboards Outside of Tuscaloosa. No, that's not right. that's 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 got to be that's got to be full on actress. That's not. Uh, that's I'm sorry. Actress. What's wrong with me? I jumped. I I I misread it. Thank you. So it's Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige in Mudbound. Allison Janney in I Tanya. Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread. Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird. And Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. All right. Now, Matt. I'm going to tell you who's going to win is Allison sure. Janney and I, Tanya. Yep. Who should win is Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird. I agree. Although, and to be fair, I wouldn't be. It's not like Allison Janney is, is her performance is so terrible that I'm like, it's going to be a, like a huge travesty that she doesn't win. I can see True. why she would win. Mm-hmm. And she is excellent in it. And she's just, she's just Laurie Metcalf is just that, just that so much better that I think that she should win. But yes. it's not a big enough. It's not a big enough performance. I don't. Think. It's not a showy a performance. That's for damn right. sure. And that's too bad. And that's why Janie's right. going to win, though Metcalf should win. All right. So go ahead, Matt. Who's the best supporting actor? Uh, okay. Why don't you read off the nominees? Because I don't have. Oh wait. Supporting actor. Yes, I do. I do have him here. Sorry. I'm actually prepared. All right. So uh, <laughs> we got Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project. Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards, uh, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, which I did not see, and Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards as well. So um, I'm going to say that I think the – I'm a little nervous. I'm going to say Rockwell is going to win, even with some of the stuff that's coming out about him. Might make a little iffy, but it still seems like he's got the momentum. But – even though I haven't seen it, just because you seem to rave about it so much, I'm trusting your gut. I think William Defoe probably should win. Although Richard Jenkins would be pretty cool as well if he won as well. Yeah, uh, I'm agreeing with you. I think Sam Rockwell is going to win. I think William Defoe should win. He is the mm-hmm. beating, bleeding heart of that film, The Florida Project. And it's it's just, I 
he should be recognized and, and win that <laughs> damn award, but he's not gonna. And also, Richard Jenkins, I think, is a is a dark horse on this thing. Sure, is a very sweet, soulful performance in that film, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won. But I think just the character arc that Rockwell goes through, I think, is what's going to push him over the edge. And it is a great performance. Yeah. But for me, uh, Defoe is is the better of the group. But unfortunately, he's not going to win. Sure. All right. We'll continue with the gentleman. I'll give you the ladies. Actor in a okay. leading role. Okay. Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kalau and Get Out. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. And then Denzel and Roman J. Israel. Esquire. Matt. Which why? Okay. Your winner and who should win is Gary Oldman in <clears throat> The Darkest Hour. Okay. Where do you come down? Uh yeah, I tend to agree. Um I struggled with this a little bit because you know, I think it's Daniel Day Lewis. I, I could still see him pulling out a kind of a come from behind win just because it's supposedly his last film as America's greatest living actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think Gary Oldman, there's been just so much hype about it. And it was a, a, a good performance. I struggle with it a little bit because the rest of the 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 uh, movie around it is is pretty weak. Um, but, you know, I think I think he's definitely going to win Gary Oldman. And I guess if I'm being honest, he should win as well. Yeah, it's a training day situation for me. Not as it's not as bad a film as training. Not that training day's bad, but it's not yeah. half as good as Denzel's performance. Same thing here. Gary Oldman is better than the film he's in, but the film's still good. Right. It's just not great. But I think right. that's that's excellent. All right, Matt. So actress in a leading role. What are you telling me? All right, we got Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand in Three Billboards, Margot Robbie in I Tanya, Shorsha. We've got it right. Shorsha Ronan and Lady Bird and Meryl Streep in The Post. Um, so I think Frances McDormand is a lock to win this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's got a big kind of over-the-top performance. It's kind of up and down as far as the different emotions go. It's kind of a showcase for her. So I think she's definitely going to win. Although I personally think that Sally Hawkins should win because she puts in such an incredible performance without speaking a single word in this film um, that I think she ultimately really should win um, just for her strength of her performance. But McDormand's going to win. Yeah, I mostly agree with you. I think McDormand is definitely going to win. I still Mm -hmm. think she should win over Sally Hawkins. But if if, if anybody's close in this, it's Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Listen, Margot Robbie does a fantastic job in Itania. She truly does, and as does Saoirse Ronan. But if I, if I had to choose two, it's definitely Sally Hawkins and Frances McDormand. I just think McDormand's performance is a little more powerful. And maybe, clearly, it might be a little more showy as it's well. way more showy. But more uh, showy. still, I think in the end, it's just Frances' uh, award to lose. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Matt. I'll go then with Direction, leaving okay. you uh, with Best Picture. Sounds good. So, best, what do they call it now? Uh, achievement in Direction, I think is the Outstanding Achievement name. in Direction? You have okay. Dunkirk, so it would be Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, which is Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Weather Boy P.T. Anderson, and then Shape of Water, good old Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Matt? Who should win? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I chose Shape of Water. Yeah. And I circled, which is I me, mean, who I should, who, th- who I think should win. 
is um, Dunkirk. Okay. I think uh, what Nolan is able to pull off in that film is it's just fascinating. Uh, there's a lot that he had to do. It's a, it's an hour and a half basically, but just a coordination and just technical skill that that film uh, illustrates. It's it's fantastic. So I really think that uh, I think Nolan should win Best Direction for Dunkirk, but I think it's going to be Del Toro for Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's going to be Del Toro. I think he will win, and I think he should win for um, The Shape of Water. I think just the way everything about that film, as far as the kind of, you know, how everything is shot and the way he sets it all up is it's just so lyrical and so much love is put into it as far as, you know, the attention to detail as far as, you know, his love of old Hollywood and um, the, the period of the time and, and monster films. It's kind of really like a labor of love. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk is extremely cold, is extremely technical in how well it's put together. Um, but it doesn't seem to have that kind of life to me. So I, I personally would prefer Guillermo to win, to win. And I think he should win. I think really Nolan's is an achievement in directing. Oh, really? Well, you know what? It's because it's because I have feelings and you're a cold robot. That's all I can say. That's fair. That's a fair point. All right. Break it down, Matt. All right. So best picture. Here we go. We got call me by your name. Darkest hour. Dunkirk. Get out. Lady bird which, as you will recall, Chris called a perfect film, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing's Missouri. All right, so this one's tough. Um, I think the mo- momentum and the smart money is on Three Billboards. Um, I don't want Three Billboards to win. It's no secret that I'm not a huge fan of that film. Um, I would really love The Shape of Water to win, um, and I think they have a real shot, but I think it's ultimately going to be three billboards. All right. Interesting. So I initially was going to go with that, but I changed my mind to the shape of water. Oh, really? I think, okay. that's I think, I think that that's what's going to win. Uh, okay. I don't know why I don't, I, I don't, but I just have this weird feeling that I think Toltoro is going to pull it off and it's going to win best picture. I think it's magical enough. This modern day fairy tale. It's a gorgeous film with some really earnest heartwarming performances. And uh, I just, uh, I don't know. There's something about me that thinks, I just think it's shape of water. will end up pulling it out and winning, yeah. but here's a surprise, Matt. You know what I think should win? What's that? I've well, I've thought about this. I actually think get out should win. Okay. I do. I think the Jordan Peele statement is so interesting and important and fascinating and funny and terrifying and it's so it's one of the smartest horror films i've probably ever seen in my entire life and it is just it's it's a fantastic little film and the more i think about it the more i think since my favorite film blade runner from last year is not there my second favorite film the florida project is not there (laughs) my third favorite baby driver is not there Right. So uh, I, I think in the I think maybe the, the Get Out should win out of that group, but I think in the end it'll be Shape of Water. Yeah. Interesting. So it comes down to Best Picture. Well, and of course we have a bunch of wild guest categories that we can certainly, you know, vacillate on who's the better picker here. Yeah. I'm so, hoping to beat you this year. Uh, I don't know if you went through it, but I did pick everything. So I'll just run down what I got. And if you did, okay. um, tell me. So animated okay. feature film. I'm going with Coco. Yep, uh, me too. Cinematography, I went with Blade Runner. Me too. 
Costume design, Phantom Thread. Yep. Jesus. Documentary feature, Faces and Places. Uh, let's see. Doc, 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 doc. Doc? I did it. Where the hell did I put it? Oh, yeah. Faces and Places. Yeah. Faces, Places. Short subject documentary. I went with heroin. Yep. Man, we got to get some kind of different dynamic on this damn show. Film editing. I went with Dunkirk. How about you for film editing? You got something for me? Uh, yeah, uh, film editing. I got Dunkirk. Jesus. Foreign language. I went with the square. Uh, foreign language. I went with a fantastic woman. Ooh, all right. Something a little different. Makeup and hairstyle. I went with darkest hour. Uh, yes, definitely. That's a lock. Original score. I went Phantom Thread. I think I'm going to lose this one, but I went with Phantom Thread. Uh, I went with Shape of Water for best score. All right. Original song. I went with Mystery of Love from Call Me by Your Name. I went with Remember Me by Coco. Yeah, I got a feeling I'm going to lose that one. Best picture we did. Production design. Blade Runner. Actually, no, I I chose Shape of Water as what's going to win, but I think Blade Runner should. But uh, what do you got for production design? Uh, Yes, I put uh, Shape of Water. All right. Animated short film. I chose Dear Basketball. Uh oh, I didn't pick. Uh, I didn't pick one for that. Oops, I missed one. I'm assuming you did. You would do low the Pixar film in front of uh, Coco. Yeah, let's do that. I'll All do right. low. Live action short film. I went to Cowboy Elementary. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with my nephew Emmett. Okay. Sound editing. I went with Dunkirk. Yeah. Sound mixing. I went with Baby Driver. Ooh. I went with Dunkirk for sound mixing. Visual effects, Blade Runner? Yes, I went with Blade Runner as well. Adapted screenplay. For me, Call Me By Your Name. Um, yeah, it's going to be a Call Me By Your Name, but I want it to be Logan really bad just because. Right. It's, <laughs> but I want it to be Logan, but it's not going to be. And finally, original screenplay, I chose Get Out. Yes, Get Out, for sure. Not a lot of differences there. It's going to be a tight not. race this year. Yep. But uh, put your money on me, as the Arcade Fire song would go. <laughs> so, all right, Matt, that's our Oscar pick. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear what your picks are. Tell me, how right am I? I know I'm going to be close. You're going to be close. We're both going to be close, since we basically have 80% of the same picks. So. <laughs> all right, that's good. So anyway, coming up next week, Matt, let's talk about it. It's going to be either Red Sparrow or Death Wish, maybe both. We'll mm-hmm. see. We've got to figure that out. There's a lot of stuff that just hit Netflix, too, we want to talk about. Uh, lots and lots of cool, cool stuff. And then coming up after that, um, what's that voice you like so much? Okay, Matt, here we go. A Wrinkle in Time. I'm going to see A Wrinkle in Time. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, the missus wants to see it. Okay. Though, um, I'm not sure if it's going to be around here. The Death of Stalin is finally getting its U.S. release, which okay. I think must be a must-see for us. Okay. So, all right. That's going to be the big show for this week. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. Just do a search for the first run. Scroll, 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 and you will find us. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com, and check out the old website-o, thefirstrun.com. Matt, let's go ahead and take an extended break, and we will see you all soon. Hickman of his optim! stop there. You know what? I woke up this morning thinking about a public execution.
I did. I, I, I really did. But for now, I'll, I'll settle for this you know, sweet little, uh, you know, who's going to get him first?